good morning. And good morning, gentlemen. And good morning, good morning. And welcome to Flat Out Recovery. And how are we all today? Mm, I'm good. I'm yeah, good. I'm good. A little bit of Christmas brunch. Was it brunch? Brunch. Brunch. Well, look, dinner. Was it wasn't dinner. dinner. It was brunch. Brunch. When did you have that this morning? <laughs> <laughs> no, yesterday was good, today was good, so that yesterday was a nice little get-together with the organisation that I'm currently living in, and they had a little Christmas dinner, some award ceremonies, people who were giving up their time and, and making a lot of effort into allowing me to be under this roof and move forward in my recovery, and that was really good, and it was a really good feel factor day, and this made me feel good this morning, so far. <laughs> Somebody's there. Yeah. On paper, I'm good, man. On paper. On paper yeah. Yeah. It's really weird, isn't it? Because like, on paper, you can be perfect and no problems. But you know what? Your little mind can create tricks, can't it? And say, no, no, it's not all right. Yeah. And it's like, what's not all right? And you can find something that's not all right. And I think I woke up in one of those moods. So I go, oh, no, that everything's all right. So I'm going to choose to believe the heart and not the mind. Yeah, it's interesting that thing about me on paper, isn't it? Mm. In theory. Mm. There's a great quote knocking about around the football at the minute, mm. the Brian Clough quote. We were the best team on paper. Unfortunately, the game was played on grass. He's <laughs> 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 absolutely back on the money. Mm. It's this kind of, I'm okay, and then suddenly uh, I start questioning why <laughs> I'm actually all right. What's going on? As if I don't have the right to be all right. This is a something should be job. wrong. <laughs> Is it a stitch up that I'm feeling all right? Mm, <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Someone's going to slap me down any minute now. Someone's coming along my way. There's good reason for that as well. Just use chaos and havoc in your life and stuff like that, and things not going right. And then there is the real life people that will give you a shit sandwich and tell you, it's all good. No, it's all shit. And then it's good and then butter you up and then knock you down. But again, that's my mind telling the truth. Anyway, we are recording this for New Year, of course. Yes. We won't be in the office. Well, not all of us will be available to record at New Year. So we're doing this one in advance. A bit like Jules Holland does, except we haven't got a piano. Or Why a not? Why have we not? We have really because I can't fit a piano <laughs> in a band in this room, Neil, for a start. <laughs> It's a little on the small side, unless we had a band of munchkins or something. Or oh, elves, little elves. Yeah, suspended from the ceiling, uh, going round on the carousel. Oh, I don't know. No, I don't mind doing that. With like elf trombones. I'm about the right size for it, aren't I? We could stick you in one of them firing thing cannons. <laughs> I'd love that thing. Find me out the cannon. Well, is that a prerequisite for being the guy fired out the cannon? You've got to be small. God, I don't know. You just pop into my ear. Yeah, so you get more, like, what's the word? Yeah, you get more air. You get more air, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I, I don't know. It's like the big ones won't go too far, innit? The little ones kind of. Oh, yeah, the big ones will just go flop and hit the ground quicker. So, and the so little you ones think will... it would be more effective to have, say, Warwick Davis fired through a cannon than Jason Momoa? Right. I don't know who they two are. Jason Momoa, yeah, he's that big. Well, Warwick Davis is like this tall. Right. Oh, is he the comedian? He's the one from Willow. Is he the comedian guy? I hope he's out of Willow then. Yeah, I think he's, well, he's the hero from Willow. I'm sure he could go pretty so far. So do you think he'd go much further than Jason Momoa? No, no, but the air might compress with the bigger one, mightn't it? And like, and then fly out. He might get stuck. Just put more ammunition in it with something. They used to do that, didn't they? That was real live thing, weren't it? Bang. What, circuses? In circus? No, yeah. the actual cannon thing. Oh, no, circuses were real, weird. Can you imagine the health safety around that today? Around well, the circus? Around the, the circus, yeah, yeah. Around the circus completely, but firing someone out I wonder cannon. if they bother. <laughs> I don't know. I bet they don't do the human cannibal anymore. Oh, Surely not. Because the health and safety would be... 
they wouldn't be able to do anything. Nothing. How would they do the trapeze stuff? They wouldn't even know how to put the tents up. With health and safety. <laughs> oh, man. They, the only thing they'd have would be the bearded lady. So even the strong man would have to wear like knee supports and do a test on his back and right. whatnot before he did it. Before he lifted any weight. And you'd just have a few clowns getting drunk and falling <laughs> over and a lady with a beard and that'd be it. So the circus wouldn't be much cop nowadays, would it? Mm. I've never been to a proper circus. Yeah, I haven't no. either. No. I've been to a pantomime. Definitely been to a pantomime. <laughs> yeah. I've got like a win one every day, man. <laughs> pantomime. <Yeah>. The strings. <laughs> I am the puppet master. Right, vis-a-vis New Year, I thought, as tis the season, it's not the easiest time of year in recovery, particularly if it's early doors. New Year for me was literally hiding on my own most of the time, but it would be beset by bottles and mess, really. And I didn't know how to do New Year the first time I did it sober. I played it incredibly safe, very, very safe indeed. I didn't go to my family's. I went through a process with the treatment centre, and it was far more effective for that, but I think... That made it more manageable the next time when I went to family. Mm. Even though this is like the new year, but I think like when you look at it, Christmas can bring up all the emotions and feelings. And then you kind of get through that. And then you've got New Year's, which is supposed to be really like the merry, merry part of like the festive season, toasting the new year and all that stuff. You kind of still got all those emotions and feelings coming in from the Christmas and you're coming into New Year's. If you're feeling a little bit shaky, my experience definitely play it safe. Even with me, not even maybe getting caught up in too many like negative emotions or feelings, still play it very safe early days. I'm still very mindful, very, very mindful of like planning out my new year. This year I'm planning to do not a lot. You know? I have similar plans. Yeah, not a lot. I have some new year, man. It's fun to be able to be asleep and then bells ring. I think I have been the last... Five, mm. six years. I don't think I've been up for New Year at all. No, I have. Well, I'm Unless hard. I'm working, though. That's really hard. It's good in a sense, because I'm just working, but it's still having to be up at the hour. Cause Is for it me, not, Ronnie, a time that you might purposefully choose to work for your own benefit and for that of others? Yeah, but I, I, see, the thing is with me and New Year's and stuff like that, on one hand, it would be good that I'm working, because, yeah, I, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not out and about doing something. But the problem I found is that the first New Year's I had, I went to sleep to make sure that I wasn't awake for them bells to go off because all sorts of emotions and all sorts of stuff fly through me when them bells go off, reflecting and stuff like that and looking at where I'm at and where I've been and all that, for whatever reason, so I don't actually like it too much. I'd rather sleep it away. <laughs> when I'm working, I'm awake and I'm aware that those bells are going off and I'm like, oh, they past you know, being single still, being lonely, and all this kind of stuff flows through, mm. and you know, everyone's cheering, and you see all this, everyone's happy, and, and I think, and we there's think little old me, so I get my violin out, I suddenly feel lonely for some reason. That's the truth of it, so I prefer to be asleep. So you're getting like a double whammy of emotions coming up mm. Christmas then. Yeah. New Year's is heightened. Past relationships and past lives are slivered in and out because I tend to do that. I tend to build up a life and then it all goes Pete Tong and or whatever, whatever, and then I move on and build another life with another bunch of people and that crashes and then I go somewhere else and it's like all these. And once some move from one stage to another, even geographical as well, so another complete different area. That seems to be my trait. Come New Year's Eve, I'm like thinking of all these different yeah. things. And so, when you talk about your trait, is it like once you've moved, you've moved everyone that you've left behind is just 
Almost, yeah. I'm kind of similar with yeah. that. And then that playing it safe. I pick like, up my stuff and go. Yeah, and then everyone else yeah, just absolutely. kind of leave it behind. Yeah. You just think, well, that was the past. And then Christmas is like, well, my son's birthday is on Christmas Day, which doesn't help a lot. But then sometimes I feel like, you know, you watch people, everyone sort of disappears Christmas. Everyone goes back to family and that. And then I'm just like left on your own. Because mm. you've got nowhere to go. So that's why I quite enjoyed it yesterday, because it was really nice that I had like a Christmas get-together, a Christmas dinner yeah. with other people. Because I know come Christmas Day, I'm just going to be sat watching the snowman you know, and that's about it get my violin out and uh, try to drain my sorrows in the smallest violin in the world yeah because yeah, no one yeah. else is going to be in the house so yeah it's not an easy I time. think everyone else is having this wonderful joyous time and all together and all lovely yeah. and well actually they're not <laughs> you don't, well yeah actually they're sitting there looking at the watch saying when can I leave when can I leave why did I come why am I doing this when can I go shit there's no trains where can I go there's no coach why what do I do why? Where can I hide? I can't mm. hide because I'm in someone else's house. <laughs> Shit. There must be a wardrobe somewhere. <laughs> well, that's it, though. It's the perception, isn't it? We just think other people are automatically having a great time, but really and truly, we don't it Might know. be different this year. Yeah, might be different. And everything goes wrong at Christmas. More people die in domestic accidents over Christmas than at any time. Well, you get fascinated with <laughs> People frequently meet up with family members that they don't see at any other time. And then end up dead. Uh, well, you know, they could fall off the... It's always in the papers, isn't it? Yeah, On the way back from seeing Auntie Jean, whole generation is wiped out by a fucking snowplow. Somebody at the door? There's somebody at the door! Who's that at the door? Someone new. Oh, right, okay. So let's see what happens. <laughs> I think that. Who's that this? <laughs> I'm intrigued. I mean, Rod Hull aside, fixing his aerial. Oh, yeah! I think, I think Poor the, Rod! No, I mean, the thing about domestic accidents, I think it is connected with the drink. Because I think a lot of people that drink very, very sensibly a lot of the time, they think, oh, it's Christmas. And that phrase, oh, it's Christmas. And they do things they wouldn't normally do. But is that because they're trying to drown out the sorrows of being with loved ones that they can't stand? <laughs> <laughs> do you know, it's just like, God, I don't spend any time with you. Now I know why. Now I know why I'm at work all the time. <laughs> now I know why I'm a member of seven different sports yeah. clubs. I got a meeting every day of the week. Really, truly, I can't stand being alone with you. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it does change a lot though in the recovery process because what I find is that I don't get wound up in the way that I used to. Mrs. Richard, okay. Hello, how are you? Right. I don't get wound up like I used to. A lot of those flashpoints where normally I'd think, "Help, I'm going to lose the plot here." I need to go and walk an imaginary dog. Oh no, there's a real dog there. We can go for it. And I'm dragging the dog down. I'm just need to get out of here. But that hasn't happened in the same way. Do you know what you should do with that imagine? Get a lead, soak it, and then freeze it so it's just like upright. And then just walk around like, well, come back here. Well, like you're a blind man, like with a sickle though. With a frozen lead that looks like you've got a dog on the end of it. You just want some yeah. kind of... I'm sorry, I was going to You could use a toy, you know. You could do, but it's I just think like... The biggest thing for me is that I don't dread Christmas and I don't dread New Year. And I definitely used to. Mm. Before I got sober, it? I dreaded Christmas and New Year. It's like a state of mind, though, isn't it? It's like it's how you approach it. I listened to a guy yesterday talking about coming in from work, going upstairs into the toilet and, and seeing some toothpaste on the side. You know, you know. Was she in that meeting? Yeah. I've yeah. related to that so much. So like, much, yeah. And it it's made like, me realise that I've got that ahead. Mm. And it's just like, yeah, that perception around things. How can something so small... Is oh. it small? Yeah, it is small. Yeah. Something like 
going into like a, a situation where like you're thinking everyone having a really good time but do we really know and putting like some cloud over everything before it's even the day's even happened yeah well that's what we do though isn't it yeah. we decide that everything's going to go wrong before anything's happened at all perspective again isn't it yeah. it's all down to you've got to look at yourself and you in everything in all it's that it's all going to be shit and he's going to do this and she's going to say that and I'm going to think this and then it's going to, all going to go wrong and, and lo and behold, if I go in with that mindset, half the time it does go wrong. But if I go in and try my damnedest to be open-minded, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be patient and tolerant, then usually it doesn't go quite so bad. But you've had that argument in your head already. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're, you're yeah. talking, yeah. the next thing you know, you're talking out loud, they're going to say this, I'm going to tell them to this, and they're going to come back with that. Once they come back with that, I'm going to do this, and then, and then it just becomes a whole bloody hogwash of like mess in your head. You go in there feeling stressed and angry, and then it takes that one little spark and you're, and you're off. And then that whole scenario played out in your head. Plays out. Plays out. But this time, they don't reply the way they should. <laughs> and then you're stuck. And then you get even more kind of resentful at the fact that you couldn't come back with a comeback because you didn't think of that bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go into a room on your own and reimagine the conversation. And then you think, what happened then? Why did they come up with that? I'm sure they weren't supposed to say that. And then it just keeps going on and on and on. It's just like... It's like I used to have a house, mate. I used to leave the cupboard doors open. And it drove me insane. I couldn't understand it. I'd be like, why have you left the cupboard doors open? I'd ask the question and it'd be like, oh, it's me. Um, I don't know what it is. Just, I'm not thinking. I'm like, oh, what? But when I went to that meeting yesterday, I thought, so where the F is it my problem? Where, why do I have to look at myself? When somebody can't shut the kitchen doors. <laughs> I don't even mean the door, I mean like the cupboard doors where you where you're wide open. Wide open. I want to take them off the hinges, I want to empty the cupboards out and I want to say, look, you're obviously not very I feel like saying some really derogative things to some people sometimes and it's and it's just not right, man. Like but you live in a HMO? I've just literally about two weeks ago I've just left one. Um, but yeah, living in a HMO before or a dry house. I had the same problem that people used to feed the toilet and they used to just change. Yeah, yeah, crazy. You're going to move from one house to another, it's just a headache. Yeah. Well, you think, the, you think yeah. the grass is going to it's be greener, isn't it? And it's sniffing shit, yeah. It's the last thing you can smell before you bloody close your eyes. But it's like, how do you deal with it? And how do I sit down and go, right, this is something to do with me? What is it to do with me? I'm not leaving the cupboard doors open. But I've still got to sit there and go, what's going on for me? But how do you do that? How do I deal with it reasonably? Because mm. whether it's this door being left open or whether it's the smell of shit or whatever it is, mm. it is what it is and it's a question of how I respond. Take and there's only so far I can go being reasonable, isn't there? Yeah. I'll take the doors off the Because there's what I want to say and what I want to do and what I know I reasonably can you say. You should belong in the sewers, mate. You don't belong in the toilets. No, absolutely. No, but I get what you're saying because like, sometimes you try to be reasonable, you tell people nicely. And when they still don't listen, that's when, like... Yeah, I do have to bring it back to myself. And basically, the only person that's hurting is not the person that's leaving the cupboard doors open, but me. So I have to decide how do I approach this and it doesn't affect me. And I'll just take... But I've had that toilet thing, man. The toilet's worse. Someone used to, like, literally... That is the worst. On the toilet seat. On the seat? On the seat. So I don't know if, if their aim was off. Or if they were trying their aim to, was off? Or if they were trying to stand up and do it. But it was oh, on the no, off. Oh. <laughs> on the seat? Actually, on the seat. And I don't know why uh, it happens. I don't know. But you just couldn't get them to see that this is just not acceptable. Yeah, I mean, you don't need a whole roll of the toilet paper to wipe your ass with it. But that's where you just no, buy your own toilet roll. I'll buy your skate to flush the chain in case it's blocked. 
<laughs> or, or use so many paper towels. I think with certain situations, you just have to work in the solution after a while. Like, hence, shut the doors. If it's not in the toilet seat, flush the toilet. If there ain't too much toilet roll in there. But still, yet again, reinforce the fact that you've got to shut the doors, isn't it? You've got to flush the toilet. When I've had situations like that, if they've continued, and they've continued over time, say it reasonably, say it again, all of that, I've taken photos and turned them to the landlord or whoever and just mm. said, look, this is what we're dealing with with this person. Mm. What are you going to do about it? Because there's only so far I can reasonably go. In previous incarnations for me, I've had to move because of someone else or anything like that. Yeah, you can't plan for those situations, can you? But you can plan for New Year's Eve. Ah, Neil brings us back to, yes, because we're supposed to be talking about New Year, and we've had a great conversation about shit, which is fine. Yeah, you can't plan for some stuff. But yeah, bring it back to New Year's Eve stuff. Yeah, that organisation that was in, if you was going back home or going somewhere on that night, they got you to do a planner. And making a plan of what you're going to do and being like very rigid around that plan, I think is something which has helped me over those times when I've been in early recovery. I'm just actually checking like having to see what I'm doing on New Year's Eve now. To see I have I'm no working. plans on New Year's Eve at all. I, I think I plan to be indoors. I haven't made the planners yet, but if I do intend to go somewhere, it will be a rigid plan around how it's going to be, how I'm going to get there, how I'm going to get there. Yeah, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm working. Well, I've decided to follow a different calendar, so my New Year doesn't come for another eight months. <laughs> Which calendar are you following? I don't know. But the I'll Chinese one. one? Yeah, probably. Is it the no, year? one that no one celebrates. <laughs> so I'll just work one out. Is it the year of the goat? He's going to insist on us all going and joining a float of the Chinese New Year parade. <laughs> I thought we was getting us. So we'll all have to put feathers on our heads. Uh, I'm not talking about shorts anymore. Floater, <laughs> float. Some fire. Oh, taking it back down to that <laughs> road. The thing is, these things do matter because if we go through certain processes like rehab or any kind of change in our lives we end up in living accommodation that we might not have chosen and while it might sound absurd shit does matter so does the way that people behave in the kitchen or the bathroom because these are the domestic things that can grate on us and it's that accumulation of things going off in the house that can send us in all sorts of directions yeah to the next crack out because domestic is what comes first where i live is really where it starts Mm. isn't it and if i've got something unstable about where i live that's something extra to contend with well i've since moved out of that house and i've been round there to visit and it's a shite hole (laughs) you've been around to visit what just so you could look and see how shit it was the gates left open i mean (laughs) they're gonna get robbed one day the back gates just swinging open off the latch i'm like you know your gates open i locked it yesterday morning when i come back on the night time to drop somebody back there the gate was open again i said you do know you're gonna get robbed don't you one day Mm. yeah where else was it they leave the washing machine door shut as well when it's not in use and that's not a good thing (laughs) by the way because it yeah, it builds up. Like, yeah, and yeah. it stinks. But they leave it shut. But what else do they do? Oh, it's, it's terrible. Ronnie's Guide to How Not to Live in an HMO. Mm. I walk in there and I have to put my shoes on. You know, people, you take your shoes off when you go in. <laughs> put my shoes on, make sure oh, these are staying on. Wipe my feet on the way out on the car before I was going to get the pavements messed up. You mess my car up. <laughs> don't want to take the home dirt into your car. Yeah. But everyone has different standards of living though, don't they? That's the thing. It's not even any different standards like it's sort of like, you know, people coming in with... I bet you're hard to live with now. I'm 
really easy to live with, I believe. If everything's perfect. No. Like I said, around certain stuff, like, I will just do it and then I'll point it out, you know, and then, like, I'll do it again and I'll point it out. And I'll continue to do it and point it out until maybe I might kind of go, rah, like, yeah, you're not listening. <laughs> and then, hopefully, that will clear the air again for a little while, you know. We have um, to be careful because then rahs can lead us to the drink or the pipe or something. Yeah, well, when I say rahs, it's maybe a little bit more nitty-gritty about how it's been told to the person about shutting the cupboard doors or something like that. Just a little bit more. I'm still pretty mindful in how I approach this. But, you know, I've got to be aware that people got different standards of living. But some people come in with virtually no understanding how to do certain things. Yeah. Just literally no understanding. Just never done it. Mm. Don't know how to approach some things. What I was to say is, how don't you know how to do that? Yeah. Like, how? I've lived in HMOs for a bit, and it just sounds to me that there's some people who don't even know how to cook baked beans. They don't even know how to fry an egg. Uh. And there's pizza boxes all over the place before you know it. Mm. But then there's some people who've never learned to do that. Mm. And there are people who've never learned to use a washing machine. And they actually don't know. And to begin with, I was also, how the hell can they not know that? And they thought, well, actually, maybe they just don't. Yeah. Just don't know, So talking about the washing machine, I've got someone who's very competent. But he's been putting like the Lenore, you know, in that little bit where you're like, if you have a pre Oh, the conditioner's oh, no. in the wrong oh, place. No. He said to me the other day, he's gone like, how do your clothes smell so fresh? I mean, when they come out of the washing machine. And then like, he watched me like a couple of days later, filling the washing machine with the detergent. And he's gone, how come do you put it in bed and it's supposed to go there? <laughs> and I went, no. And I wanted to kind of, just like that, what you've done there. <laughs> I wanted to do this one. And then I had to kind of compose myself very quickly and kind of say, no. Because it goes weird, like, and, um, oh, Number one is pre-wash. Number yeah. two is main wash. wash. You don't have to put anything in number one, really. Mm. But as long as you put it in number two. two. Yeah, that's that right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and confused now. Well, pre-wash is for pre-wash, that little it simple It's number one. Cupboards. If it's out, the number one mm. is for pre-wash. Wash. Number two is for the main, main wash. Which is most washes. Yeah, and then... That little thing there is for the And that little dodgy bit in the middle is Lenore. Well, whatever's the smallest one is yeah. it's normally got like this little different coloured bit and he's been doing it for like I'm like okay well now you know isn't it? Now, he just never knew now you know why you stank <laughs> so if you have any queries regarding the fresh <laughs> smell of your clothes please email us at <laughs> podcast at changesuk.org and Neil will respond to all your clothes washing related inquiries yeah I've got you yeah. As he has considerable expertise in this area. Mm. What's the best thing that's ever happened to you at New Year? Found a bag of ease. <laughs> Go on. Go on, qualify. You can't just say it. Well, it was, it, at the time it felt like the best thing in the world because like, I was in this club and I remember being very, very short on cash and I was always scraping through to make sure I get to this place on a Friday night. I think I had a couple of exit tablets and I remember finding on the floor a bag full of ease. Actually, it turned out to be a bad thing because I took them and at one point I was talking to myself in the reflection in the toilet, believing it was somebody else, and then I got into the bouncer's office upstairs where they caught me and basically kicked me out of the club. So you thought it was good, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Double-edged sword, isn't it? Definitely wasn't good. It's like we can think something's a victory when it's actually a failure. I remember being elated when I seen them on the floor and I thought, yes, heaven. In that moment? In that moment. That was the best thing. I took a good few and yeah, I was talking to myself. 
good old chit chat in the uh, toilet to myself because I used to hallucinate on them. And Imagine I mean, if he was a bad batch, some of three on the floor. Yeah. Because they didn't well, want to kill themselves. Well, the bouncers. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the other. Don't pick drugs up from the floor. Yeah, they didn't want you to overdose. Bouncers in them kind of clubs, yeah. they yeah. would take your drugs off you, beat you, and then, then rip the, and then sell their, your yeah. drugs. Because I actually would go to one place, and whatever drugs they'd taken off the people, you'd go to the next bar, the, the, the pub where you'd have to knock on the door at three in the morning. And that's where they, the bouncers would be selling the drugs which they'd confiscated off all the time. Perception, though, isn't it? It's it's this. This is a good thing. This is a bad thing, and our perceptions change according to where we are. Because definitely, couldn't. I could quite easily say now that the best thing that ever happened to me at New Year was the first time I went to bed sober on New Year, and got up the next day thinking, "Hang on, this is actually a new year," mm. rather than coming to on the fourth, wondering where the hell I'd been. And yet, if I went back further. I could come up with something else for New Year that was probably related to me causing some kind of chaos. Mm. I think it's all about perspective, isn't it? It's not knowing where, you know, you have a good time, what you believe is a good time, but if you knew where those good times are going to lead you to, suddenly mm. you would, there wouldn't be good times, would there? I want to go back to this planning thing, going out, sticking to the plan and coming back and like the night just being as you planned it. It's nice because, like you said really well there, um, Richard, like, you know, going out, on the New Year's Eve and and coming through whenever. And I've had a few of those New Year's Eves when I've woke up. I haven't had many blackouts, like what they, I suppose what they call blackouts, but I've had like a few. And it's been one of the most scary experiences of my life, waking up completely not knowing what went on the night before. There was one particular, like the Millennium one, waking up in a strange bedroom. I was so fortunate it was my partner's sister's house. What, 2000? In 2000. Yeah. And I'm waking up and uh, just telling me, like, you was just a nightmare. I could, oh. not, could not leave you alone throughout the whole of New Year's Eve. And all I remember about going into the first place we went into was going in there and seeing a couple guys I knew. And then after that, it was a total blank. And waking up and thinking, I don't know where I am. There was somebody next to me. I don't know who this person is because the covers was over it. It was scary. It was a really scary feeling. So... When I've had, for instance, last year, I was in recovery and going off to the um, Fellowship's New Year's Eve ball, um, New Year's Eve party, and getting there and coming back, and it was a good night, and everybody we went with came back safe. I love it. In that planning, you're gaining some control over what's going to happen that yeah. night. You know, and it's... Even if the plan goes wrong. Even if it goes a little bit askew, but you know, sticking like kind of to it, it's all right, man. Coming back and like you're saying, just being feeling safe. Them blackouts are just awful, eh? They're nasty. Oh man, the feeling I've got I had. Years of that damn. Literally like, got years. Yeah. yeah, the last five years of my drinking was blackout every night, and you get used to them. Oh, I used to keep a notebook on me so I could write things down just in case I got caught out the next day. No. Yeah. I'd drive and I'd come back, I'd have blackout, I'd wake up in the room and my dad'd have to look and see if the car was alright and check if it's got dense because I'd driven that car back in blackout. It's terrible man, you lose time, you lose everything and yeah, sometimes yeah. every now and again you get somebody saying you was a nightmare. Yeah. I remember going into this pub once, it was an Irish pub and it was quite rough to be fair. And the landlady looked at me and she says, I'll let you in. She said, but last night you were lucky that you didn't get the living daylights beat out of you. I went, Why? What are you on about? And I would never have done anything in this pub ever. 
sober because I know it was a rough pub. It was an Irishman's pub. She said you was banging on the windows. You was calling names all under the sun. You was effing and blowing the people. These people in this place normally when it kicks off, there's blood spilt in there. Mm. I've got them. They must have just. Insisting, like, you know, I'm gonna have a good night tonight, but I ain't got a penny in my pocket. <laughs> and I've had a couple where, like, I've had a wicked night in it. Like, like I've scrambled up some money, got some drugs from somewhere, yeah. got drunk somewhere, got some drink from somewhere, and then, like, got home somehow. And think, yeah, wicked. I didn't have a penny. And it's funny how yeah, that happens. <laughs> when you, when you <laughs> insist on <laughs> But it's like the energy you got to leave the house with, and, and really, like, it's a fearful situation because I'm gonna put myself into certain situations just to get off my nut. Mm. Just because I think I need to get off my nut because it's New Year's Eve. Everyone else is having a good time. So I'm going to have a good time. Chubby is most people go home at the end of the night, don't they? And that's it. I end up like, yeah, coming in like, you said on the 4th or something like that. Many a times. If I'm lucky sometimes. On the 4th. So I've even gone back to work not knowing what's happened over New Year. Uh, and found out over oh. the following week. Mm. What a way to live. You know? Or... Oh survive and following on from ronnie's comments about his car mm -hmm. a friend is driving without a license and has a minor scrape with a parked vehicle on the way to somewhere and by the time you're out of the car it's not clear who's driving they ask you to take the rap because you've got a clean license do you a tell them no b see if you can negotiate a means to sort it out with the owner of the other vehicle offering to pay them for their silence c Agree, but say it will cost them. <laughs> D, agree, then do the opposite when asked by the police and the insurance company. Or E, push them back into the car and drive away in a blind panic. Yeah, I've been down the route of paying and being paid for to take points and stuff like that. Yeah. Do it. I wouldn't do it now, obviously. Mm. Dodgy old business, innit? So what, what's it's happened? Fraud, isn't it? Borrowed the car, is he? And no, so, someone else is driving their car. They've got points already and they've gone and had a scrape with a parked vehicle what are you going to do are you going to say it was you because you haven't got any points are you going to agree to say it was you then when the cops start asking questions say no it was him <laughs> yeah. I think or are you going to drive away in a blind panic no I'd have to just say no because I've done stuff like that before and it never pans out how you expect it to it always seems to get like bigger and bigger and bigger and, and, yeah. and, and next thing you know you're doing a shitload of shit go and buy some booze for some kids and next thing you know you get fined a thousand yeah well that's it so I'd just say, say no I think B's not too bad B's the one where you try and negotiate something with the owner of the car in other words you try and pay off the other the other driver <laughs> <laughs> Neil gets his readies out says how much will it cost <laughs> Please leave us alone. It's not too bad, but then like you're saying like the driver's like intoxicated, yeah? Is the driver intoxicated? Well, over the limit. I yeah, see. he's over the limit. Or even if they're not over the limit, if they've got nine points already. Right, just, yeah. So I would say for him to maybe come and have a word with the driver of the car that he's scraped. Hand yourself mm. later. Once your car's collected, then hand yourself later. But what about if you get someone who takes the money mm. and says, yeah, yeah, I'll sort of, it's all done, and next thing you know, you're getting letters from the insurance company saying you, you've had a little scrape. It's certainly better, I think, not to rush. Because, I mean, how many people do just drive away in a blind panic when something like that happens? Mm. 
Oh, it'll all go away. Oh, never mind. No one knows. All this shit's on CCTV now as well. Because most of the <coughs> city's covered by CCTV. Well, people got CCTV in their cars, haven't they, really? I don't think it matters when you go and fess up. And it's probably far better to go and fess up when you know you can be reasonable. Because even now, my defaults sometimes go to how can I get out of this mm. rather than how can I deal with this. Say so I'm the trial with those nine points. If I'm not intoxicated, then I'll try and negotiate because like, I know today you know, the poor man has worked hard for his car. He values it all. He might value his car or not. That's none of my business. But I've scraped his car, caused damage to his car. So I need to pay my dues, innit? I need to. Also, I'm trying to look for a word, I don't know. But yeah, I just need to pay for the damage I've caused. And that's what I would go with first to try and save my license. Because, like, if it's going to be a case of me getting more points. I'm intoxicated now. I truly, like, hope that I off. wouldn't be trying. <laughs> I truly hope, like, you know, the way I am to now, I would not. Well, I wouldn't be trying here today because I'm not intoxicated now. <laughs> This is a horrible one. This is a horrible it's one. It's a horrible Richard. one, yeah, it's a horrible one, Richard. Why well, you, you only know? drove yeah. when intoxicated, Neil. No, that's right. Yeah. He drove better when he was intoxicated. <laughs> I felt like I was driving. You could you know? actually drive when you were drunk, but you couldn't drive when you were sober. Yeah, so I would go and ask if I can do that first and then take what's coming to me. If he says, no, nope, I want it all done for the insurance company, blah, then... <clears throat> But today I would like to think that if I scraped a parked car, I would leave my name and number on the windowsill. No, but this is more about taking points for somebody else or taking the blame for somebody else. Yeah, take it. No, I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, I'm not doing Another it. One. Yeah. And also, it's being held hostage, isn't it? Yeah. You're going to say, yeah, okay, I'll do that for mm. you. I'm not doing it. Take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Neil's word of the day. Not take. <laughs> <laughs> Whichever word you want out of the sentence. And for the last time this year, before I unleash some new ones next year, your ex-partner is claiming you don't pay enough child support (laughs) and you discover she, he still has expensive habits, none of which involve looking after children. Do you A, demand a visit and subsequent report from social services, B, ask to meet in a neutral place to discuss the matter, C, try and send money to the kids directly, D, call a lawyer, E, employ a PI to dig up some dirt and send your findings to the tabloids. Is there an F? Do you got any children? I'd go with A, I think. I remember A being a decent answer. Social Social services. services. Suppose it depends on that. Again, why does it depend on that? I think it does. No, what does it depend on? On the age of the children. Yeah. Like, they're little tiny babies. So basically, oh, we're not having another ting. <laughs> no more ting till next year. If you all go through the CSA, surely they're already deciding what you should be and should not be paying anyway, shouldn't they? Yeah, Doesn't that mean you have to dress as Batman? Batman, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, they jump off the bridge. Oh, you they? remember that? Yeah. You remember all that? Dad's looking for justice and all mm. that stuff. Fathers for justice. Fathers for justice, yeah. Yeah, but you're giving her the money, but she's spending it on stuff which she shouldn't be spending it on, like nails and, and maybe like something like Nails? Is she into DIY? Some, or something like that. Yeah, no. <laughs> you want into that one? You want into that one? I'm picturing this woman trying to build a bird box when I think you were probably talking about her refurbishing herself. Refurbishing her fingernails, yeah. Well, yeah, and taking substances and things like that, which happens. Then they start demanding more money because, like, you know, they need more money, don't you? You always need more when you're taking stuff in it. Ah, indeed. You always need I'd more. I'd say we'll speak to the CSA manager, you know what I mean? And then when the CSA asks me 
Also, will she spend an hour money on crack? Well, the CSA is not renowned for listening to fathers, though, are they? The whole process is really messed up. I know, I know somebody who lost their license for not paying their child maintenance. So it's like, okay, so I'm not paying the child, now you're taking away my job. Yeah. They're basically t- taking away his license. I don't know how you make something like that fair. It ties in again, though, with this how we deal with things that aren't fair. Mm. Because life isn't always going to be fair. And for me, it boils down to this, how do I deal with it? and leave myself with the smallest possible headache. Mm-hmm. Because if I'm going into every situation and I'm ending up angry, lashing out, and so on and so forth, then that's no bloody good for me, regardless of what anyone else is doing. It's not good for your health either. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's not good for your physical health or your mental health to be angry all the time. I think you have to go down But I understand why people sometimes are. There's medication, mm. sometimes it doesn't help you. True. Mm. Sometimes you need a lot more than that. Well, I think if you've had the initial talk with the person in question and it doesn't seem like that's working, I think what we're trying to do today is to go to like the appropriate is it authorities, is that the right word? If you just so. yeah, the appropriate authorities to put it and get it all stated and documented and, mm. and all that. Because like, there's other humans involved here, isn't it? There's yeah. either like a one or two or three children, whatever it may be. There's other people to be taken into consideration. So I'm like, yeah... I'm trying to make it a less problem for myself as possible. But then I've got to look at them as well in the situation. And I think this is when the emotions around that stuff, just, that's why it just all gets just so messy, isn't it? See, I would have gone for like, tried to give the money direct to the children, but then you've got to think about their age. Their age, yeah, yeah, yeah. And also yeah. whether that intervention is going to be looked on adversely in court. Yeah. But then if you have no contact with the kids, is it really any of your business how their money is spent? I suppose that's the thing about taking any action, because if you take any action that the law is going to look on negatively, then it's only going to get you in a mess, isn't it? Yeah. It is what it is. Or taking your hard-earned money and and splashing it out on on building bird nests. You know? Just give a load of nests now! (laughs) That's all the time. (laughs) Like I said, it's such a... You get the authorities involved, and then like it's all. But then does it open a can of worms? That's right. So you might be getting away with something, and you might say, "Well," and then if you start getting involved, well, hang on a minute. If you tell the authorities about this, I'll tell them about that. But the thing is, as a father, you're already on the back foot if you get the authorities involved. That's my experience anyway. You're kind of of on the back foot if you're not the parent. Just pretend you've died. Dealing with the children. If you're the one who's outside the family unit, then of course you're on the back foot. Yeah. You know, but Ben kind of saying about if you don't see the child, then you don't have to pay them if, if that isn't new. Mm. But then why are you not being allowed to see the child? Are you a bad influence? Like, well, we're so, doing what I did. We're creating scenarios yeah. to try and figure out what's going on What's here. going on. But if you're not allowed to see the child because you're a bastard of a father, then, you know, fair enough. But if you're... And Ben, you're just getting off the hook because then you can be more of a bastard by not having to pay anything at all, isn't it? <laughs> Well, you're creating problems. You know, I'm coming to recovery and it's like you're creating problems. And then imagine meeting that child when they're 18 mm. and them knowing that you've never done anything for them. For them. Yeah. And saying, well, your mother never let me see her and the law stated... And I then it becomes the mother's fault. Of course it does. And the circle is complete. I'll tell you what, I'll save the money up for you. And when you come to me at 18, to, when you've come and tried to find me, if you want to know who your father is, and you ain't got no shit to say, you're not going to screw at me and ask me where he was, then you can have the money. Then you can have the if money. not, do one. Get back to your mother's.
See, the reason why I set these things up when I write them down is to engender this kind of mm. debate. I feel like I'm going to have more problems in accounting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> but that's the way it happens, isn't it? Instead of just looking at the problem and dealing with it, what do we do? We go all the way around the houses. If, you know what, though? Does it not depend on the day and the hour of when you're faced with the problem? Because Well, if it's three o'clock in the morning and you've not slept for three days, then... Well, my, my sponsor, if I wake up in the way that I woke up now, I ought to stay in bed. So really, I should be in bed. Leave the world alone. Could the world arrest Leave it? the world alone. Don't start on the world, man. Leave the world alone. Because at the minute... It's all you lot versus me at the minute, and I'm like... It's always them, isn't it? Because they talk a lot, and they do things that I don't like, mm. and they're always against me. Mm. And it's always their fault that I'm not getting what I want. I think it's when you eat too much chocolate, and the next half of the night... Well, have you been through all that chocolate <laughs> from yesterday? No, I've just loads. Yes. The, the house is full of I haven't it, started it. No, I've, I've still got loads on there. I bought one of those big galaxy bars, which is about <laughs> three foot by one foot. For the Why? List, for the listeners. Just, it was three quid. It's yeah. so nice, but then I can't just eat chocolate all day, it's no good, so I had to eat a curry as well. Just to balance it out a bit. Yeah. Curry and chocolate. And then, and then have chocolate for pudding afterwards. Mm. Doesn't sound good on the stomach, the old curry and chocolate, does it? <laughs> curry and chocolate, no. It well, sounds... people, my aunt used to put chocolate in curry when she used to make her curry. I've never heard of that before. Just a little bit, yeah. Well. See, I gave all mine chocolate away. Oh, really? You didn't give me none, did you? House. I just left it on the table. Merry Christmas. There you go. Boom. And it's all gone. It's, uh, most of it's gone. Because I'm not really a chocolate well, Just the quality so. streets or whatnot that people don't like. All the purple ones. The box. Quality street, man. I mean, who eats them? <laughs> yeah, because they're this big now. They used to be the size of the table. Roses are like. Uh, roses have gone downhill now. Cadbury's has gone downhill. Yeah. Since the Americans like bought in, it's just really gone. Oh, down. is that? It's craft, uh, craft, crafts. Not crops. That's Crafts. a dog. Crafts. What German synth bands taking it over? I thought the French bought. <laughs> what did the French bought? What Nestle? Nestle. No, um, it was Swiss. Craft. You know the cheap craft cheese slices. Oh right, right, right. They, right. they bought Cadbury's out, didn't they? Oh and God, no wonder Cadbury's would go downhill if they're bought by them. I didn't know they made that. It was the French bought. Yeah, Kraft is on synthetic cheese, isn't it? Yeah, that's lovely. That's it's like rubber stuff. It's nice if you have it on burgers. One percent cheese and the rest of it, God knows. What's wrong with you? Being Fat. <laughs> is that what it is? It tastes nice, isn't it? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right with the crack pipe, but when it comes to synthetic cheese, <laughs> well, it's like me and saturated fat, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Nine liters of white frightening a day is not a problem. <laughs> no. But this ready meal's got over one gram of saturated fat in it. I can't possibly eat that. And look, there's a high salt content in this thing. I can't possibly no, no, touch no. that. Where's the side? It's right though, ain't it really? I'm going to go and have some more chocolate, man. I've been <laughs> screwing. I've been screwing about eating all this chocolate, and it's all you know, back in the day. I was sticking needles in my mouth, <laughs> full of God knows what. And with that wonderful thought, we have reached our zenith for this year. We've reached New Year. Well. We will have reached New Year by the time this is broadcast. If you've heard anything that's resonated with you in any way, shape or form by yourself or about anyone you know and love, or even the caretaker's cat and her kittens. Or dog. Or dog, or iguana, or any other pet, which might be empathic towards a condition that someone is suffering from. If you've heard anything, then do seek help. There's plenty out there. You don't have to pay for it all. And you can always get hold of us at Podcast have a wonderful new year and we'll see you in 2023. Welcome to you.
Give me a good night.